Roll. This is Counter Charge, your podcast for ranks, flanks, and kings of war. Join your hosts as they delve into the world of Panathor and bring you worldwide coverage of all things kings of war. Counter Charge. I'm Ralph Enough. I am Alex Coos. And I'm Matt Croger. Welcome to our 2022 year in review show. And that's right, your ears don't deceive you. That is the voice of Alex Coos that you heard. The, uh, the prodigal son returns just in time for the end of year. Welcome, everyone. How you doing, Alex? It's been a while. Yeah, it has. I'm doing well. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to putting Kings of War and Counter Charge back on the front burner in my life. After a bit of a, a bit of a break this year, you know, I'm excited. Like when we get to the hobby stuff, if he'll have like a podcasting thing for 2023. <laughs> uh, and uh, what what have we been up to? Should we do a quick hobby hobby catch up? We should. And I'll jump in first. I've been playing painting salamanders or starting to paint salamanders. Put a bunch of models together. I tried to paint some rhino cavalry, and they came out like garbage. <laughs> and I'm like, oh no, I'm gonna have to strip the first one I painted. But I went and said, you know, I've got some experience with large infantry. It's a bigger scale. Maybe I'll maybe I'll paint that. And so that's what I ended up doing. I, I got one tyrant down and I've got two more on the paint desk. Resin sucks in one way. I got this guy, got a pin in his foot, and I got him like on a little handle, right? Knock it off the desk, the foot breaks. <laughs> uh, yeah. Explosive failures. They just like shatter. So I'm like, oh, I can't win. I can't win. But that tyrant looks amazing, I gotta say. Thank you. Uh, it took me too long, so I'm trying to figure out like where do I cut out the steps, speed up the process, so hopefully. Yeah, what do you mean it was a disaster? What went wrong? On the rhinosaur, I went with a color and it just didn't work. So the tyrants themselves are like an auburn color and the detail is small enough that it and, and subtle enough that it picked up the, the nice dry brush. When I originally applied that same color and technique to the rhinosaur, it just looked like hard garbage. I think might be able to do a, a dry brush, but I'm going to have to pick the right colors, probably like a darker color. And I'm probably going to have to layer it and not just dry brush it because it looked, it came out kind of chalky like you would expect with some colors. How about you, Matt? I know halflings are on the uh, burner. Yep. So I've just based, I'm going with the halflings. I've been going the based first highlight after to try and speed up. So you only highlight the bits you can see technique. So I am, I've just based two regiments of spears, which of course can come together for a horde, which means I've just got to highlight them up and then highlight a couple of characters and I will cross the 2100 point line for the challenge. And then I've still got a lot more to paint. You're embarrassing me because I get, we're going to get to the challenge, complete failure on my part. That's all right. And one of us completes, you know, that, which means, you know, one in all in. Yeah. We divide it by three. You will share in your success. I'm happy to bring you boys up. Yeah. <laughs> it's a long ways. Yeah. <laughs> what about yourself, Alex? I have realized that I'm not going to get all my orcs painted for the, the army challenge, but we have been focusing a lot on ambush in our local, you know, group. So I'm just trying to get, build up what I have with orcs started just kind of into a, you know, 750 kind of point ambush list. We've been, leaning towards 745 for our uh, lists to keep the 200 point cap on uh, units and monsters. And those games seem to be a lot of fun. Everyone's enjoying it. We're going to have an event tomorrow for that. So 
I'm just I'm not going to be able to play. I have to work. But yeah, my orcs are just going to be primarily an ambush force for now. Are you finding that hammers hammers seem to win the day in the ambush games you've been playing? Yeah, I think it's like it's anything with high density of attacks, like Morax, fight wagons, stuff like that are good. And then earth elementals are really good, like regiments. Like defense six, fearless is just super strong. Yeah. Um, I, I almost wonder if the points uh, limit for is too high. But I understand the point yeah. of they said it in a way to make units you would you might want to take yeah, available. It's a very but, like, like casual restriction <clears throat> in my mind. It's not a very competitive restriction. I think there there are ways to game it. And right and right now we're just trying to do it so we can play fun games with new players and you know, we even like the, the better players in the group, we just try to make it make silly things or just kinda of do it for fun. Yeah, I think that's the right way to do it. I think we've got to remember that um it hasn't been balanced for tournament play. No, you know, it is. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure we will. We will play some tournaments with it. But you will see some big, big, big swinging games. And and yeah, yeah it's 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 not. That's wasn't the the design. You know, ethos of, of it. Yeah, there's a demo day we had at the store, and and you know we were running ambush games instead of small Kings of War games, and it it plays better in that time frame and scale for demos and. I think it's great. I think it'll be good for the community in general. And, you know, it's fun to show up on a Friday night and play like four games or three games. Like you get to play against three different people or four different people. And it's a lot more casual. There's a lot less stress for some people, which is nice. Yeah, I agree. My Rorodia project is multiple prongs. It keeps growing new branches. So, you know, just <laughs> <laughs> keep assembling random things as I, as I see fit. So I got like, you know, knights and keep working on some honor guard and some basing and stuff, but nothing, nothing finished yet. So a couple of reminders that we wanted to let everybody know. First of all, thanks to everybody that's been engaging on the Facebook page. When we have those posts, even the ones that derail, like the uh, questions for the kingdoms of men army review, <laughs> we really appreciate you guys' feedback. High quality discourse. There you go. It's high quality discourse. <laughs> Keep engaging in those conversations because I love reading that stuff. I, I think it's interesting. Don't forget, we have the Mantic Army Challenge going on right now. We have the post up for December. It's the last month. Let's finish off with a bang. Post because we have some awesome stuff. Awesome stuff to give away. And uh, thanks to our anonymous benefactor who provided that stuff to us. Please, please, please do it. Well, get your posts in because uh, otherwise Rob will ship all the spares to me. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And we all know that Matt doesn't deserve any of it, so make sure you get your stuff in. Exactly. Not a good boy. Also, don't forget that we still have the Pope of Pizza Jesus, Jesse Cornwell, commemorative shirts available. Link in the show notes. In the featured section on the Facebook page, there's a there's a post about it. I just had to buy some new ones because mine wore out. They're great t-shirts. I know sometimes when you get those like t-shirts online from all the different things, like sometimes they're you know not they're variable quality, but the ones we have are great. Don't forget, we're going to be rolling out the red carpet for Adepticon and for U.S. Masters slash Best of the Rest in Omaha. We will be there in force. We'll have the portable studio, and we want to meet you in person, maybe get some games in. So if you are either in the Chicago area in late March or can get to Omaha, that would be in Nebraska for some of our international friends. But uh, Omaha, Nebraska in July. Love to meet you guys. And look, just briefly, I think we'll, we'll give a shout out to our boy Jeremy. It's the first time in a couple of years he's missing our end of year show thanks for everyone who's reached out to 
you know, give him a hand and let him know he's cared for. If you listen to the Road to Adepticon, you'll hear, you know, what's been going on uh, from him and uh, you'll hear his appreciation for you guys, the listeners that have reached out to him. Yeah, just giving him a shout out. Keep thinking of him, going through a bit of a tough time, but uh, we'll get there in the end. And of course, Rob, we've just come through Black Friday. You guys don't have Black Fridays in, in Australia, right? Well, we don't really do Thanksgiving, but no, no, all the shops jump on board with Black Friday now. Of yeah, like Black Friday is like international <laughs> yeah. now. Now that Amazon's everywhere. It's all like Black Week now. It's not Black Friday. It's like the week. And then I saw Black November, Black November a couple of times. It's like, what? Yeah, I feel like there were about three Black Fridays in a row. I, d- I didn't actually know when it started. Not not uh, Thanksgiving not being a you know a big thing here. I thought Thanksgiving was the week early because I kept on getting Black Friday like emails. Yeah, yeah. And so I actually don't know. Has Cyber Monday even been? <laughs> yes. Black Friday traditionally is the week is the Friday after Thanksgiving and Cyber Monday is the Monday after that. But you're right, like the sales are still going on. They started early, 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 and I think they're not gonna stop. We have Boxing Day after Christmas. Same as us, and I and I think you know, I think what they're really trying to do is probably just boost people into Christmas sales, right? Did you guys pick up anything on sale? No. I had amazing self control over Black Friday. So Man, I wish I had your self control. And I wish I had your beard. <laughs> Obviously, people can't see it, but I feel like I, I still have like a couple of totes of post of previous Black Friday miniatures under my desk, <laughs> under my shelf. So I, I'm going to tell a little story. I sent Matt a package, and I'm like, "Well, I'm going to send him a blaster model because you know he's a blaster model." <laughs> I can't find it. I have tore my house apart. I have a stash of blaster models somewhere in, in this this home. <laughs> I have too much. <laughs> is my problem i just appreciate the package whatsoever but it's funny it seems to take longer to get anything from america than it does from to get something from you know china who are still covered zero and don't even open their doors yet (laughs) it took two weeks to get from memphis to los angeles and then a day and a half to go from los angeles to leaving sydney I guess that says that the, the Postal Service in Australia is better than USPS, I guess is what it says. I guess you really can't go slowly over the ocean if you're flying, right? <laughs> That's true. true. That's a good point. That's a good point. That is true. You know, War Room, they, man, it was it was stupid. It was 30% off everything in the store. So I was like, yeah, I guess I should buy some stuff. Is that on top of your membership discount? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I grabbed another GCPS mule because you, you never have enough. I got a, a greater fire elemental and an elf dracon lord that i figured i'm gonna see if i can convert them up as to some sort of salamander character now obviously i bought all this stuff before i realized oh man there's all these cool new salamander models coming uh like the fire drake and the the slasher so oh yeah yeah so fire elemental i like that's one of my favorite elementals i think it's really great and the the fact that it gives plus one wild charge right yeah it's great it's pretty pretty sweet too so in game and in real life well, let's take a quick commercial break, and on the other side, we'll come back in and we'll get into the main content, the 2022 year in review. We'll be right back. This is Eric Trowbridge, 2017 Adepticon Clash of Kings champion, and you are listening to Countercharge. Welcome back to Countercharge, and let's get into the main event, 2022 year in review. Uh, and boys, I think we'll start with the podcast highlights. A few fun facts. Now, obviously, we're recording this before the end of the year. We stopped these statistics at November 30th. As of November 30th, we had 50 episodes released. Started the year with the Trident Realms Army Review, and our last review in November was a Varanger Army Review, so that's interesting. We've actually started and stopped with Army Reviews, and wouldn't you know, we did seven of those this year. I think maybe we did four one year. Like, seven is crazy, and we've got more coming, so 
it's it's nuts. We got 77 hours of content in 2022, not even counting December. Matt, you know, that's averaging 1.5 hours a week. And if we got a new commitment from Alex, maybe we'll get to two hours a week. <laughs> yeah. Well, 30 minutes a week. <laughs> that That's like a week of editing for me. <laughs> yeah. Fair point. Fair point. Mm. Well, I think, Rob, that... um you know, a lot of that was from you just going ballistic in the last two months. You know, you have uh, you have been a man on a mission. Well, I think we all have. When we started looking at army reviews, it's like, man, there's a bunch of armies we've never done. You know, we still have Abyssal Dwarfs to do. How in the hell have we been around since 2015 and we've never done an Abyssal Dwarf army review? It's like, it's just kind of like mind boggling. Well, the funny thing is with them is because I think none of us have really had ever any interest in them in terms of playing them. Do you know what I mean? I think most of the other armies we've at least got somewhat of a link to. Yeah, we dabble in them or we have to face them frequently or something, yeah. Yeah, they just seem to be, even though they've got a reasonably newish range, they just don't seem to be something that hits the tables a lot or that was purchased. Feels like right after they were they were released, they're like there's some buzz, but then they just kind of fizzled. I think after the after the war machine changes Everyone just kind of like walked away from them. Even I think they're still mm. quite good, but I have had my ass kicked many a time by Abyssal Dwarves. The, you know, a wall of defense six is is not something many armies can deal with. Yeah, I think they're great. Yeah. Well, next up, let's talk about our favorite episodes of 2022. And I'll give it a start by saying that we had a very special episode of Countercharge with Mike Rossi way back in January that had a lot of great comments. It resonated with a lot of people. I think it was just me, Mike, and Jeremy with really no script and it was just we just we just chatted about life and uh kings of war and the world around and nostalgia a lot of nostalgia there obviously we started a community building series trying to break down community building based on the various stakeholders so things like the players and the stores and the mantic games and so we've released two of those episodes and more to come and then obviously we, we mentioned it there's a huge focus on the army reviews i don't know about you guys but if it's an army i play I love the army reviews from the sense of, man, it feels like I can contribute something that I don't normally get to contribute. Um, and if it's an army I don't play, I love those too, because I'm like, oh, I don't play Salamanders, but I'm gonna. So drop me some knowledge. Uh, I don't know about you guys, your, your your thoughts on army reviews. Yeah, it's a great way to kind of like theory hammer stuff out when you're not when you're not playing the, the army or if you're not if, if they're not in your meta, like it's sometimes it's like you just don't know what other other armies do because you just never face it or like one guy plays a you know one style of salamanders or one style of whatever you're just saying matt not many people play goblins in australia so it's like you just don't you just don't have the experience well that's because they're no good right matt they're no good matt (laughs) they're so good Uh. the army reviews are a great way to kind of get a little bit of insider knowledge on those armies you don't have to, you don't face very frequently. I think too, from my end, it's a selfish way to get some new voices to the cast, right? Like we do try to make a concerted effort to find people that competently play the army or have something to add from a from a narrative perspective that brings a new a new narrative or a new voice to the show that we we don't we may not have had on before. So that's not the same people all the time. I think the you know, competence the the good word there, Rob. Like I've been trying to get not necessarily people that you know are winning all tournaments with with the armies, but that they seem to be quite good. But are just playing them regularly as well because I think not not all tournament players really care about winning either. So they can have really good insights, but not necessarily becoming first or second and uh, i've i've been trying to make an effort i guess recently just to get other voices on the cast same as you have the only ones i have trouble engaging with is if i have like if i don't really see them at all or and or you know have no interest in ever building an army of 
of, of them myself. And um, otherwise, I listen to them all. That's a good point you make about including people who are open minded and trying playing the army for a while because a lot of people will play one list, you know, especially like high level tournament players will play a list, tune it, and practice it. And like that's their experience with the army. Not many people at that level or that, that style of play are going to play every unit in an army or try the weird stuff or the not suboptimal things. You get some players who do, but you know, I remember Keith Conroy played every unit in herd, you know, on UB <laughs> at some point in multiple games, but like, it's good to get the, the people who aren't trying to just create bleeding edge lists, you know, some of their input as well, because you get it, you get a lot of interesting stuff coming out of that. Well, I think, uh, you know, even just Rob and I are reasonable examples, you and Jeremy, Alex are probably much better players than, than us. And, probably slightly on that more competitive end, but I feel like, you know, you can still have an ability to talk about armies even if you're not winning with them and you can know what's good and, you know, but when it comes to tabletop, if I see something, I'm just like, YOLO, let's do it. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit back just because. We're here to roll dice, so I'm going to roll dice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, I think it's good to get this mix of voices on. I mean, as you had recently, uh, Rob, we love Mike Austin, but he's a has-been. So. He used to be good. <laughs> well, that's why I had to get two Masters players on to kind of offset his hasmanness. Yeah. He's soft. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he does tell me he's a great list builder. So Tells me that too. The other episode that I want to mention is, uh, is Matt's episode on rewriting Panathor. That was another one that we had a lot of good feedback. And uh, it, it's really sparked a lot of conversation in the community. It's a topic that we've kind of touched on many a time. And it's just it's an interesting topic. Are there too many armies? Do we need some consolidation? And I'm looking forward, you know, into next year, continuing that that discussion. There's going to be a part two. Part two. Get ready for that. Oh, man. I can't Get wait. Ready. Matt, what about you? Obviously, you, you've done a bunch of episodes. What are what are some of your favorite of the year? Oh, look, I think not an audio episode. Uh, well, we released it as audio after, but I think probably my favorite was getting Ronnie on and how generous he was for his time to spend a good couple of hours with us and just giving us a, a whole bunch of insight. Uh, into what was coming and, and the plans and being open to fielding a whole bunch of questions. I think that was really good. And he's a good laugh on camera, but he's even a better laugh off camera. So <laughs> It's funny you say that. I actually think he's better when we use the live stream format than if we did a traditional like podcast. The live stream is sort of spontaneous, right? There may be a, a rough outline of what we want to talk about, but it's really more fluid. And Ronnie lives in the ad lib. Yeah, captures loose cannon. That's why we know that there's dwarves coming on ravens, right? I mean, come on. Yes. Yeah. I didn't know I needed a dwarf army until that moment, but I. Yeah, yeah. Well, interesting will be, will it be their only CS2 option as well? Can you imagine CS2 flying dwarves? (laughs) Who who knows? Old great eagles and herd versus TC2. So we'll see, right? Yeah, right. Then apart from that, one the one episode I really enjoyed doing myself was the Forgotten Women of Panathor. It was something last time, uh, Rob, when we ran our feedback, which must have been last year now, uh, or even the year before, that we we had a little bit of an ask for you know let's let's get a bit more you know diversity on the cast in terms of who we interview and and whatever. And uh, Jess was a great interview. Uh, so I enjoyed doing that. And then in terms of my favourite that I didn't participate in, it was absolutely the um, the very special episode with Mike Rossi. I was sitting back listening and going, oh, I wish I'd been able to jump on, you know, all the nostalgia stuff, you know, what we played over time, what we played previously. That's how I feel with every episode with Mike. He's amazing. Yeah, yeah. He's great to listen to. But yeah, they, they, they were my top three for the year. 
Yeah, I'm going to be boring and reiterate mostly what you guys just said because you know the the very special episode with Rossi, like like you said, every every time you hear him speak, you have to listen. And you know, I'm lucky enough to be in the same region as him, so I get to like you know experience the Rossi firsthand a few times a year, which is always great. We're all in this game. We come from very similar like backgrounds, how we got here. So it's always nice to like kind of like hear that. And then, you know, the Ronnie live stream, always good. But I think in general, as someone who didn't, you know, I was not on Countercharge much this year for, you know, various reasons, but just wasn't, you know, top of my list for priorities. So the live streams were great for me. You know, I, I like, you know, the chance to get together with you guys. You know, we get the listener interaction. You know, I think we kind of got to the point where weekly, you know, was a little too much. And then we were trying to, you know, try to find the right balance for that. But having that, you know, live listener interaction and just kind of the catch up casual nature was, was a lot of fun. Like it's good to have these structured, you know, army reviews, which are awesome. Everyone looks forward to those and, you know, community spotlights, which I think, I think we're going to, I'll probably help, you know, develop a few more this coming year. Cause I think that's important as well, but just getting the actual community together all at once, you know, on air, so to speak, is a really kind of cool thing to experience. Yeah, and I think that's why we do such a variety of shows, right? I mean, I think I, what was I, what was I listening back to? Maybe it's an episode that hasn't been released yet. But you know, we haven't we haven't monetized this show for a reason. You know, we yeah. we don't want to you know just be doing the episodes that pull the most ears. You know, we don't have a Patreon, we don't have anything else. You know, and we don't have any plans to. There's no ads because we're just going to represent the community and and not you know not what gets the most fingers clicking necessarily hopefully it does anyway by you know having that diverse content but yeah absolutely alex i agree i think it's just about you know bringing the community get together and i can't forget i did put rewriting panathora there because i always relish the opportunity to disagree with you matt If you need a co-pilot for round two, I'm happy to disagree with you along along the way. <laughs> yeah, look, I think that um, I think that was one of our milder disagreements, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Knockdown, drag out fight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we just shared our favorite episodes of 2022, so why don't we just run through uh, the listeners' favorite episode? So you've let us know what you liked. So uh, let's let's run through that now. Well, we ask you, what was your favorite Countercharge episode of 2022? Dave Fanning said, the live stream with Ronnie. Hard to disargue with that. Brian Novak cheated a little bit and gave us two. He said, the firefight episode or the Metro Detroit group interview? John Correa, I hope I'm not slaughtering that completely, uh, said the Empire of Dust Army review. Aramis Berger said, chatting with the Bard. He also commented that the Army reviews and tournament interviews were all interesting as well. Paul Collins said, chatting with the Bard and rewriting Panathor. Chase Thompson said the firefight episode. Danny Graves loved the Abyss review. Luke Schaefer said the Abyss Army review. And Jeremy Altman said 574 player engagement. When we look to 2023, are there any topics that you guys think we should cover that we haven't before? Look, we, we had a lot on year for narrative, I think. If, 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 if there was probably a bit of a weakness this year in the show, we probably did have a lot on year for narrative. But J- Jeremy's moving in that direction. Uh, we might also get some new help. You never know. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. You never know. 
Yeah, so I think that I haven't got anything in particular. I, w- I want to, we talk about this in a moment probably, but I want to see if we can get something working live again a little bit more, you know, probably not so regular, but more intermittently that we promote a bit more heavily like the Ronnie stuff, uh, whether it is something hobby-based, really interested in any uh, ideas the listeners might have. So comment on the comment on the thread when Rob posts this, but, but that's probably what I would like to add next year. How about you, Alex? We have, you know, the firefight, you know, got stuff that Jeremy's working on. I think maybe something along the lines for like Armada and Ambush and just like the smaller stuff, you know, just kind of representing that. We don't, we haven't talked much about Armada once it's, since it's launched. So I think it's picking up a bit of steam here. And I think aesthetically, I think it's one of the stronger games for them so i think you know well and it's the the, the cost of entry is low too yeah. right it's kind of like vanguard but but i like the rules for armada a lot better than vanguard it looks like a lot of fun and it scratches a different itch absolutely and again it's like that same thing where it's a, it's a smaller play surface fewer fewer miniatures so well it was a proven rule set before right it was a proven rule set so um just that just got some tweaks for the for the fantasy setting well, no one's really playing it here, literally. It was, it's interesting for me, Yamada, that there was one of those ones like it just went ballistic in terms of sales, um, reportedly, uh, and then it's kind of died off a bit. But I think you're right, Alex, we'll probably see it come back in, particularly as people, I think overall across the world, tournaments have probably been lighter on over the last 24 months, including the last 12 people come back. We'll probably see it pop up as, you know, the Friday night game. I know for us, like gaming really only started back up in like april you know for uh, so i think people are getting more used to regular gaming now and they're, they're not just like oh i only i only have a chance to play like this once this like once this month so i'm only gonna play kings of war so people are dabbling a little bit more now so i think there's some room there for armada one of the things i'd like to try to do next year is maybe trying to spotlight on some of the people within mantic that don't get the exposure they deserve and and right you know i'm looking at you martin thurwell you're number one on my list but there's lots of people that are that are part of this you know that are part of this community they don't get the exposure right and i think they have a fun story to tell well we gave um we gave some facts about the audio component of of the cast this year uh, but we also did do quite a few live streams i went back and had a little bit of account of these for you rob and we actually did 37 live streams uh, in the last year, which I, I was surprised about because it feels like ages since we've done one. But I think there are a couple of extras in there. Sorry. So I said 37 episodes, theoretically, on YouTube, probably not all live streams, but the vast majority were Sunday night catch-ups. Uh, we obviously were doing them weekly for a while, as Alex alluded to, but it, it did get a little bit difficult with um, varying time zones between you know, not just us and and you guys are, well, the different time zones in the US, and then we never could really capture our UK audience with the live stream, certainly not live because it was in the middle of the night for them. So I think we just found that it was something that, you know, for the amount of effort it took to get us all together, it probably wasn't paying back enough, and we certainly weren't seeing big boosts in the in the subscription numbers considering what have we got now, something like 1,200 Facebook members, Rob? It's crazy. Yeah. yeah, I know. I know that's you know not not a necessarily the best metric you can use, but it's still something. It's a metric. Yeah, it is a metric. Yeah, so we've got to we've got to figure out. I think I think there's something there though. Like you do see, there are successful you know streams in in Kings of War, like like Steve's, 
Direct Misfire has several uh, several hundred, I think, approaching a thousand subscribers on YouTube. So we want to do something different. So as I mentioned before, let us know if you for any ideas. Um, but we'll, we'll just be looking to do something different with that in the new year, I think, because I think it, it is another way we can we can provide for people that's not necessarily just the straight podcast. So on that, why don't we slide into a commercial break, and we'll be back. I'm Shannon Shoemaker, the 2018 Adeptic Class Champion, and you're listening to Counter Charge. Well, welcome back. And now it's uh, traditional for us to talk through any Kickstarter purchases we did. Rob, do you want to do you want to kick us off with Kickstarter? I don't know about you guys, but I've kind of ruled out Kickstarter. You know, I, I kind of think that if it's a good product, it will come to market, right? Especially if it's a wargaming thing. But over the years, there are occasionally a few things that are maybe done as a fundraiser or something that's obviously not going to get to retail. And so I did actually two things this year. One was the collecting the art of GI Joe. So it's like a giant book. I'm, you know, I'm a giant GI Joe nut dude. So, you know, the art of the pack, I mean, I don't know if you guys, you guys weren't alive back then, but in the early eighties, when we had GI Joe, it was amazing. Like the art was just fantastic. And and it really was done as a, uh, a, a fundraiser for the website, 3djoes.com, which it collects packaging artwork and stories from the people that produce the, you know, the sculptors and the painters and, and all the people that were part of, you know, Hasbro and the, in the industry back then. So it's kind of like a historical thing for me. I love it. Uh, the other thing we have, a, we had a local board game designer that did a game called rumors and legends. You, you want me to back a Kickstarter to get my daughter hooked. So the guy shows up at the store, we play a demo. She's like, this is awesome. Look, you want to get my daughter involved? Just have Loch Ness Monster in your game. That's all you got to do. If you have a Loch Ness Monster in your game, we're going to play it. We got to play test the game a little bit. It, it's kind of like a, a version of Clue. So it's it's got some player versus player interaction, right? Like where you can actually screw them over, screw your neighbor kind of thing. So yeah, it's a good game. And then we should mention the Mantic Kickstarter for their new sci-fi terrain. I didn't personally back it. You know, I just told my, 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 uh, friendly local gaming store. Hey, you guys back it at the store level, I'll buy it through you. I'm pretty sure that stuff's going to show up in my store at some point anyways. Matt, I'm sure you've got a ton. No, I, I don't. I also didn't back the Mantic. It wasn't quite fantasy enough for me. Although towards the end, I did see someone using the plants and things like in a Trident Realm-esque, I think, multi-basing, which I think it could work. But yeah, didn't didn't quite do it for me unfortunately this one so I, I didn't back that i didn't back anything strictly models I, I i did four different sdl projects which were primarily terrain based what's that really good uk company tabletop world tabletop world they got into the sdl game and, and given we've got a couple of resin printers i backed a couple of theirs i backed one other for some other terrain that i can't remember now and then the last one was world of dragons too which was a whole bunch of different dragons, which honestly I'll probably never print, but it can go in the um, file with the, you know, several other or a terabyte of STL files that I have that will probably never get never get printed. Um, but yeah, otherwise nothing than that from the Kickstarter. I, I don't. I try not to look at it anymore because I am an impulse buyer, so I try to try to stay away. What about you, Alex? You hit anything up? Yeah, I've been trying to avoid Kickstarter like specifically, but I, I will you know, whisper in the ear of uh, all the guys with 3D printers, like which Patreons to to follow. <laughs> I know Bestiarium has had a lot of really cool, really dark uh, things come on this year. And then there was another one. I think Heroes Infinite has like a new Raven themed like elf kind of list that's got like all these different 
raven-esque monsters like griffins and you know just ogre sized things uh, I, nothing kickstarter specific but a lot of uh, patreon stuff kind of like influencing and trying to get some cool 3d prints that i will also i'll have them but i probably won't ever paint them at this rate i'll have to call you the puppet master standing behind everyone else just pulling the strings yeah of what to purchase there's a lot of really cool miniatures in this patreon have you seen it yet (laughs) (laughs) yeah and then um all right well that takes us through kickstarter and then we it is traditional for us to go through our 2022 hobby commitments and how we did i actually think this might be the most (laughs) big flop of a year we've had collectively i was looking at what we what we what i committed to last year and i'm like didn't do that didn't do that didn't do that and you're gonna see in my commitments for 2023 i'm taking that into account and i am going to shoot for much more realistic targets (laughs) than this year so i mean i'll kick us off paint three three thousand points of goblins that didn't happen. In fact, I didn't paint any goblins. Paint 3,000 points of Night Stalkers. Patently false. <laughs> would like to use an airbrush to paint those models, what it says. Pardon? That that would be a big fat no. Uh, and then the third one was finish the remaining ogres for Vanguard and some units of croc dogs. Ooh. Now, this is sort of one that I actually accomplished. I did paint a ton of ogres. Super cool. They were just all siege breakers. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, I painted, I think... Uh, like four regiments of, of siege breakers and i did paint the vanguard models like the berserker bully and, and some of those guys so i did paint up a bunch of ogres but sadly i did not paint any croc dogs they're awful it worked out okay because the croc dogs are going to be in my salamander army as the emperor sprites what you're saying just makes sense worked out all right i should mention it's not like i didn't paint anything everything's fine i did paint a lot of kingdoms of men that i had to get ready for the michigan gt and what sucks about that they don't count for the Mantic Army Challenge. <laughs> They're Westphalia miniatures. The giant was from a different company. The monarch is this giant manticore from Atlantis miniatures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah, well, you know, painting some stuff. I just, it's not what I had on my list. But Matt's going to save us. I'm sure he accomplished all of his goals for 2022. I wish I could say that, Rob, but uh, that, that is not the case. So I had get another 1,000 points of Dragon Empire done, and I did not pass that. I think I got about 500. Amazing. About 300 of which was a dragon. It's really good. <laughs> I wrote print an EOD list, which I did not do. You shall not pass. <laughs> but I've also changed where I sit with uh, with 3D printing and that I'm I'm less likely to probably print models now and more just bits to go on my bases and things and and particularly if it's for armies that have recent mantic ranges like i'm 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 considering whether i do an elf list from one of the patreons because mantic's range is so old and no comment you know i don't hear of anything new coming any anytime soon but if they've got new stuff i'm going to try not to not to print for it i had have three 10 millimeter armies ready to go which is also a big fat nose so i got one but yeah that that has not progressed at all so three no's in a row for me totally so i had finish uh cult of the raven and uh use it this tournament season no pardon i did assemble a horde of knights Ooh. and yep and i painted or half finished a horde of dogs of war pipes. That's so hot. And then I had paint some orcs. Indeed. Which I I painted some, but not a regiment. I did not finish. Sure. 
I started painting a regiment of great axe. That was a no. You betcha. And then paint some Mersh Mirs monsters. And that's a that's a zero. Bingo. But I did add another roughly thousand points to my rat army <laughs> with uh, nightmares and death engines and war engines and shredders and such. So <laughs> <laughs> That was early in the year. I think that was like March or April. And then the rest of the year was was not very much. That was like just a little bit of orcs. So it was a it was a poor year for hobby time. All around. So I think what we need to do is we need to put that behind us. Forget about it. We need to be future focused. Future focused. So what are our hobby commitments for twenty twenty three? Matt, why don't you start us off? So number one, and this I am definitely doing, I'm gonna run an Australia wide slow grow for Kings of War. So I've already put a preemptive post up on on the Kings of War Australia page. I reckon I'll I'll do an episode. It's not going to start till after Clash of Kings. They probably end of Jan, early Feb. And I'm offering a five hundred dollar Mantic voucher AUD at the end of that for everyone that participates regularly. And if they stick to the uh, if they stick to the rules, <laughs> so how they participate. Uh, so I'm going to try and just do a big push for Kings and have a go across the whole year. So we'll we'll see how that goes. I'm going to build another Mantic army, and you notice I won't have pi- I haven't pigeonholed myself there because I haven't decided what it is. There's no points there. No points. So if it's like you're going to be like, well, it's an ambush army. Is it a Kings of War army? I also didn't say painted. <laughs> you mean? Do you mean have labor build, or are you actually going to build it? Oh no, I will not be building it. <laughs> <laughs> then I've got. I'm going to add at least another unit to the Dragon Empire and the Dwarves. And then number four, I want to get my undead out of the box and back on the table. Now that they're not so OP as what they were, I'm prepared to have a look at them back on the table and not have people cry as soon as they see you've brought undead. Now that the PTSD of the countercharge uh, matchup is... Uh... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Worn off. Worn off. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Alex? Number one on the list. <laughs> Finish my League of Rordia. Third time's the charm. This is the year it's going to happen. I really like the army and the theme still, so it still speaks to me. So I think I just, I just need to make the time and paint this up and get over the fear of screwing up the big miniatures and just get it done. Going to be, you know, follow your lead a little bit and say build an ambush army for orcs. <laughs> <laughs> and by build, I mean pay, have a painted ambush army, and that you know that's you're going to be up to about thousand points, and hopefully, you know, seeing how that goes, it could expand into you know more but first you know baby steps you know get a 750 to 1000 point ambush army of orcs tabletop ready and then depending on how those two go you know with rordia and kings of kingdoms of men kind of just taking so long mentally like i just, just want to do something a little different and weird so i want to start another army that's just not my normal i tend to build you know a little bit of a archetype or template that works for me and my playstyle. So I kind of want to try something a little different. I'm not sure where that is. I'm talking with Joey Greek a lot about lists now that our we've both we we both ran the same rat list all all summer and fall. <laughs> so we both won a GT with it. I feel like list building with him may have some merit. So we'll see where that leads us. You guys took a different approach. You guys just have a bunch of very generic <laughs> goals. So that's interesting. I took a different. It's called learning. Well, here's the thing. Adaptive. Mine are still very, very specific, but I got less of them. 
<laughs> I got two. So my, my goal, and, and 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 one of the things that's nice is I pick something where I will have public embarrassment if these do not happen. So number one, 2,300 points of Salamanders completed for Adepticon. Now, I should say, I don't know. I haven't seen the final draft of the rules, so I don't know if it's 2,300. I'm assuming that. Whatever's required for, for, for Adepticon, that's how many points I need. Okay. Second thing, 1,500 points of GCPS for Adepticon. Again, I don't know how many points they're going to play. I've started the Salamanders, so at the very least, I'm already rolling towards that. You got a head start. Yep, and I've got a lot of the GC. I got about a thousand points of GCPS built. Right, so you're cheating, basically. Yes, uh, but yeah. but I'm honest. But I'm honest, <laughs> right? Well, let's be honest. I didn't cheat before, and it got me nowhere. <laughs> I want to accomplish my goals. He's building momentum. He's building mm-hmm. momentum. Yes, that's a good way to say it. Those are my commitments. Build a Salamander army for Adepticon probably around 2300 points and build a gcps firefight army for adepticon so that's that's the end of march so that's that gives you, <laughs> yes that it gives is you nine nine months to work with afterwards yes <laughs> but maybe this will kill me to the point where i'm like i'm done i'm done just burn out I, I thought about though what comes next and like like what you said i might want to do something different and and uh so one of the ideas i had was after i accomplish these i might just ask the audience what army do you want me to build and I actually crowdsource what's the list what models in the whole nine yards? We'll see. I'm having a fun time playing this painting the salamanders right now. No, I haven't got to the really stuff of the ceremonial guard. Those are those infantry are gonna. They might break me. There's only forty of them, right? Silver lining. They're a hell of a lot easier to paint than those damn halflings. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're like three times the size or four times the size. Exactly. So I was like, "Woo, this is a lot easier. Look at this. I can paint the eyes with no problem." <laughs> crazy people yeah. painting eyes well let's get to the next topic which is favorite mantic releases of 2022 alex let's change it up why don't you start us off i think you know there, I, my favorite top of the list is the companion app i know there you know, currently it's going through a bit of you know beta growing pains but i think it it's a, the way forward looks good i'm excited for it from a, a user like a player standpoint and as a to hopefully you know you know it streamlines things locally i know the running joke is me getting angry at people for sending me lists with no name <laughs> or uh, army army type or any or following any of the formatting suggestions or that i lay out in the, t- the tournament packs but uh hopefully that you know streamlines that and i you know i do like building lists on it so far so i think you know going forward and having a certain you know the rules available is good early on in the year for for my number two i gotta pick the uh, I, I remember really liking the northern alliance armada fleet when it came out like that stuck in my mind and it's still somewhere in the back of my mind as a project that i want to get to but uh, obviously i'm not getting around to uh many projects <laughs> these days so I, they're 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 still a wish list in my in the back of my mind but i really like wasn't it in your hobby commitments like, that's for sure no no <laughs> i'm not gonna add that in i'm like adding another game to the commitments not yet not there yet the new ogres are really great i think it just continues on along the lines of the aesthetic that the uh you know the hunters and the berserkers and the and the vanguard, and the vanguard stuff the vanguard yeah. stuff really set like just ties it all together in a in a more you know chariots notwithstanding but everything else looks really good <laughs> yeah 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 how about you Matt? yeah look mine are reasonably similar i think my my number one release is absolutely companion app i think as you say searchable rules is amazing i make a comment on the episode about the australian masters and clash of kings australia recently that you know there's a bit of angst about the the cost but 
I think it's a fantastic business decision for Mantic to have a subscription service. And honestly, when you when they've been traditionally miniatures agnostic, they they need something like that to bring revenue in. You know, they need to be getting revenue from the people that are printing absolutely everything, you know, and only buying a book once a year. I think it's good and we've got to remember the price we originally saw was for the all-in price, I think. So, you know, there'll probably be a Kings-only version at some point, I would have thought, when it rolls around in February, but we'll wait and see. But, yeah, I mean, it's my number one minus the TO part, which at the moment is just a dog's breakfast, to be honest. There's no mincing words on that. It is compared to what was out there and uh, what I was considering buying that we didn't buy to kind of step back and let Mantic have a crack at it. It's just awful. So, um, but my, my understanding is is that like there's some big updates coming. So, so that'll be welcomed with open arms from me. The new ogres I had as number two, and then there's number three, the EOD. Not all of the EOD, but you know I'm liking what they've got in the box set, and they're making them. I think they've put some good effort into what goes into the box sets, and yeah, that's my top three. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's a that's a um, that's a winner for them. You know, I'm not not so fussed on. Um, What's the spirity looking one? Monolith. The monolith. But but I think also some of it is I think their their models actually don't do as well with that traditional kind of sandy paint style. I think if we get set people popping some really vibrant colours on them, they'll look a lot better. It was almost a hark back to the like I know they've got good painters now, but I think it was just a poor poorish colour scheme choice. Yeah. I think every once in a while, like yeah, there's just the wrong people are painting their minis unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, and what about you, Rob? My number one is the new rule book 2022. I think it's, it's awesome to have everything in one spot, but I have a request for the community for the love of everything. Holy. Can we stop calling it big red book? That's what we call the book in Warhammer. It's stupid. Stop calling it the BRB. It's the 2022 rule book. Who invited the old man to this cast? Seriously. Come on, grumps. You know, get back in your boat. You're going to be one of those people. Don't call it math hammer. I know. I know. <laughs> In my player pack, it says Kings of World Rulebook 2022. That's what they call it. Mantic Tome of Everything. Yes. My second one, though, is just like you guys. The Mantic Companion is freaking amazing. Like, it is everything the Easy Army was was and more. And I am so in it. Now, obviously, you mentioned the TO thing. You know, there's things they've got to fix and they've got to work on. But the stuff that is working, like the list builder and the access to the rules and ah. So awesome. Sign my up. I'm in. Third one, I'm just going to say models, dude. The new stuff they came out with this year are awesome. Ogres, EOD, even the two new units they added for the the Salamanders, the Slasher and the Fire Drake. Those Gekato uh, guys on top of that Slasher. Oh, man. If that's a sign of what's coming, sign me up. It was a cracking year, honestly, for uh, Mantic. Let me ask you guys this. Has there ever been a year with this much real change for Mantic? Some of these products were revolutionary. Man, to companion being one of them. Yeah, and this definitely uh, an, an improvement in volume and output, I think, too. I think we're still going to see that. I think we're going to see them keep pushing forward. And and I think the app is going to drive a lot of that, right? It, it's going to give them that instant access to change something if they really want to. That'll be good just for, you know, errata and FAQs and stuff like that, especially. Yeah, so now we'll run through your responses to what you, were your favorite releases from Mantic in 2022. And uh, so, Rob, do you want to kick us off there? Dave said the Mantic Companion. Brian said the Magnetar Global DZ Campaign. John said Clan Lord on Fire Drake. Yep, just pick mine up. It's a fantastic model. Aramis said the perfectly normal treasure chest in the new Dungeon Adventures set. Paul said the app. Chase said 
the app. <laughs> the companion's getting some love. Danny Graves said, Firefight is awesome. Luke said, Firefight. Jeremy said, The Halfling Models. Great answers. Okay, well, thanks for your responses and, and letting us know what you, what you loved. Now, we're going to run through what we would love Mantic to do better or to improve on in 2023. Alex, do you want to start? The biggest thing for me, we were just talking about how they're, they've released more models and you know the quality in general is improving. I would just like them to tighten up the quality across the range because I think there's still like highs and lows. There's some big highs and some big lows still with each release. You know, the new ogres are good, but then you get like mobbies or the chariots and they just look kind of odd. And, you know, salamanders, some of the salamander stuff looks really good. And then, you know, a couple of things, maybe not. But then RFO was a bit, bit of a mixed bag. EOD, again, mixed bag. And I think they need to stop like reusing the storm or the giant kit because like that storm giant, I don't know personal taste not it didn't really match what i was expecting so i think they need to keep pushing even you know across the board on their quality it's improving everything looks better than it used to but i think they're still missing a little bit too much i think across ranges which makes it hard for you to want to connect or collect the whole army you know but generally you know it's all it's getting better and there's definitely armies more armies now that look good and that are worth collecting i think than the community used to think along those lines for my next one it's like it's it's a little weird like i was looking at northern alliance with armada and then i was also you know i used to have northern alliance mantic army that i moved on to a, a, a local player because partially it was very dif- difficult to build an all mantic one because Huskarls, half elves, ice skin hunters, you can't get them outside of like really, you know, random large box sets or Vanguard kits. It's, it's, it's odd that, you know, this long after the Vanguard Kickstarter, you still can't get those units. Especially in an IP range. Like, I think it's even more odd because it's in their own IP. Yeah, you have the models for it. And this is like one of your, you know, unique armies. This is something that you should be pushing. It should like all the models should be available easily, and I think they would sell because obviously everyone's well, everyone wants Huskarls and Ice Skin Hunters in their Northern Alliance army. It's just it's just crazy to me that at this point they're still not available. And then you know, pie in the sky, dream of dreams, get rid of or at least balance goblins. Get rid of. <laughs> <laughs> Those, that's my three. I think Grony Stark needs to die an explosive, painful death. But hey, you know. <laughs> what about you, Rob? Well, mine are maybe not as interesting as Alex's, but I think the first one is they got to keep working on that quality control, right? Uh, you got to reduce the number of mispacks. Um, I buy a lot of Mantic stuff, and there are mispacks, and you just got to do a better job. They also need to better protect the new book in those starter sets because it is a lot heavier than the gamers edition. I would love them to continue on that move uh, to either resin or plastic, you know, especially for the, uh, the bigger models, like large infantry that are still in metal. I know that's coming, but make it faster. STLs for upgrades, man. Let's let's roll, man. You know, rather than me buy a resin kit, just sell me the STL files. STL files are, are great, especially for upgrades because, you know, those will definitely fit. No problem on a resin printer, right? 
probably one print. You can print your all the upgrades you need for the army. I think it's a great way to dabble in STLs. Pie in the sky. Make Twilightkin a complete STL 3D printed army. That would be amazing. You want to play 3D printed army? Here it is. There, there it is. And then the final one I'm going to mention. I'm cheeky. I got four. They need a warehouse in the U.S. I don't know about Australia and Canada, but man, sometimes it takes forever to get stuff. And, you know, it takes a long time. And I am not patient, as you guys know. So we need a warehouse in the U.S. for better distribution across North America. So those are my four. Matt, what are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, and that... Uh... I mean, on your last point, that's 100% an issue here. We're down to only a few stores in the country, even stocking Mantic. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what the, the easy answer to that is but because I think everyone's just buying online too. And um, yeah, anyway. But my, my top three to improve are continue to improve the app, particularly the, the TO Companion. So that's what I'd love to see first. Uh, probably more so than upgrades, although I'd love upgrades. I want to see them to use SDLs to instantly fill gaps in their range. So I'm even less on the the whole army thing. I think they should still do their plastic and give that as the option for if you want to buy volume, but then be using your STLs like all resin, um, but release it as both um, to allow you to so like they could go back and instantly add a Trident King to Trident Realms or you know these things where they've got almost complete ranges. <laughs> they're so close yet they're just missing those last bits. So then you can say, well, if you want it, you know, everyone knows someone with a resin printer or there's plenty of companies now that will print for you if you provide it. So I think that would be an instant, pardon me, way to to get that going. And I think kind of on your point, Alex, I think there might have been a little bit of a change in how design will work from now on. So hopefully we will see some of that consistency there too. Uh, and then I would love to see them rework some of their older box sets. So I think there's just there's too many of the mega armies or the army boxes that just have too much stuff you don't want. Uh, so and and I think they could get more sales if they if they just put a little bit more thought into what are we actually putting in this box. So that's that's what I would like to see them do for for all the armies. Like I I, I realise that the you know, they probably do that before they do their ordering of how much plastic or how much resin they're buying. But I, I think, you know, try and clear it out in a different way if it's not moving. I was just thinking, uh, in, in when you mentioned the, the quality, I was like, I feel like they just, whoever did the Vanguard miniatures, just pay, get them back or come back. Them more, come back. Like, let them design more miniatures. Like, all the dwarves, all the ogres, all those Vanguard characters it's like they're so much better than most things in kings of war that i think wh- whoever they were get them back i would love a re-release of their dwarves in all the vanguard style so good so good you know like i i know they've got a you know a mantic character for the dwarves but the vanguard ones were just so much better and i'd love to see that in plastic as in everyone loves those dwarves and then they had like north they had northern alliance ones and like yeah Everyone says like the ogre characters from that are amazing. Rob painted them up; they look great. It's just, yeah. Where are those people? Yeah, yeah. All right. And what about our if our favorite changes from the not the big red book from the Kings of War rule book twenty twenty two? Rob, what were your favorites? The first one is the cover changes. Now, at first, I think we had a discussion. We're like, ah, do we really need this? Turns out we did because you know it was so. It, it was so stupid when we would say it ignores cover, but not if you're in difficult terrain. And so that that's all cleaned up. And I think the fact that they've, you know, differentiated between being in, in, in difficult terrain versus uh, having intervening terrain or other units between you 
from a rules perspective, it allows some strong differentiation between things that lob <laughs> up over top versus things that shoot straight. And, I, and so I love it. I, I think it's great. Um, I also love the fact that you're in difficult terrain. All the same rules about height differences apply. I love the fact that they've added flat terrain. It's treated as height one for the purposes of cover. Awesome. Do you think it works without point changes though, Rob? Do you think it works without point changes? We'll find out. Yeah, we'll find out. Do you take cannons anymore? Yeah, I probably still take one, but now I'm going to take more siege artillery. There's usually more intervening stuff than difficult terrain. My second one is actually the removal of Macworth's Caterpillar. I am a huge proponent of anything everybody takes, figure out a way to make it so that not everybody takes it. Easy enough. Just take it off the menu. Uh, the third thing, I love that siege rules are back. And I'm going to give you a fourth one. You know my favorite? That they nerfed the greater air elemental. <laughs> Crickets. <laughs> that's a joke. If Yeah, that's a joke. They didn't, they didn't nerf it. We can add greater air, air elementals to my goblin comment above. <laughs> so Matt, what about you? Look, I think uh, my, one of my favourite things is the in inverted commas smart charges. So that when you're this this a question came to a group of mine recently from someone, and I think it's important that people recognise that it's in different arcs. It's not applying to if you're both in the same arc, but I think that just makes things a little bit easier. I think just to, to multi charge in general, but also for new players, it's not so mathematical and um, abstract. I liked the cav points drop mostly across the board, not to everything, but mostly across the board. I think was a, a little bit of something that was needed. Probably might have even needed a bit more with the removal of Pathfinder. So uh, they probably could have even gone a little bit harder with that. And I really enjoyed the Night Stalker nerfs. So not not for, just because I think it's it, well, not unlike Goblins. It's, it's it's a list that can do everything, you know, and it has basically inbuilt mitigation to negate a whole phase of the game. I'm not convinced that there's any points factoring in for mine first. So they're basically not having to pay for inspiring. So I think they just needed a little touchdown. And for me personally, it's not always just that it's really hard to play against but i don't want to start an army that that's powerful that's that powerful that's coming because you know personally i don't like because then people getting grumpy with it coming onto the table so i just want something that's you know fairly in line with everything else which is is meant to be the modus operandi of kings but so that was my top three what about yourself alex well i love large cavalry so beast cav getting indomitable will and finally becoming usable Big thumbs up for me, especially with all the grumblings about, you know, Rorodia disappearing at some point, which I hope never happens. Just after you finish your army. Yeah, well, no, they, well, it, it, they that's part of the, this, this, the strategy. I'm not going to finish painting because <laughs> as soon as I do, everyone's Rorodia army. It's like if you paint all your models, you die. Yeah. If you <laughs> never finish painting your models, the army does never go away. I get it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it's for the, it's for the greater good. But uh, yeah, Beast Cav, I like I like Beast Cav in theory and now i like them a little bit better on the table they're still not great but they're they're usable now i actually think they're one of the few love cab in regiments to uh, that are good in regiments well yeah with indomitable will you can actually use them yeah. in regiments pretty reliably which is nice yeah yeah and not many large cab you can do that so well no twelve fourteen is is a dangerous nerf point for a lot of things so i i really like ambush like it's kind of counter to how i approach kings of war i i'm a bit of a wind at all cost power gaming Min maxer, shall we say? Yeah, just by personality, I just can't. I can't help myself. It just happens. And ambush is kind of just runs counter to that, and I need that in my life sometimes. 
Come on, no, read out how you actually described it in the show notes because I love how you've just described it. It just, it just, I don't know, something about how you've written it just tickles my fancy. Ambush, some light, silly fun. Hey, Mark Zalewski's on the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like having all the armies of one book. I, I'm someone who has only ever played Uncharted Empire's armies. <laughs> so <laughs> I always, I'm like, I have to carry all these books with me and I don't know. I don't have to look up things very often anymore, but it's it's nice to have everything in one book. It really I I really appreciate that. And the theme lists are next to the master lists and the master lists are in alphabetical order. It's in a logical order. It's not in some random uh anyway. Yeah. It's it makes sense. What you're saying just makes sense. Thank you guys. Thank you so much for that. So now we'll uh hear from you listeners about your favorite changes from the rule book. Uh, So looking forward to hearing what we have there. Dave said, smart charging. Brian said, ambush. John said, smart charging. Aramis said, the step away from the withdrawal rule. Paul said, the phoenix rising from the ashes. Chase said, removal of caterpillar. Danny said, soul flares getting the nerf, mainly because I got sick of people whining about them. He also mentions ambush is just the intro method of playing that the game needed. Luke said, ambush and legendary rules. And Jeremy said the upgrade of Phoenix. And so now being even more future focused, what are we looking forward to most in 2023? Alex, let's go back to starting with you. We're going to run two two-day tournaments here in Hamilton next year, which is going to be exciting. So we're I have we're going to run one in March, which will be called the March of Death. So it's going to be a, a descending points value tournament. You're going to start day one with a 2,500-point list, and then day two is going to be a 1,995-point list that's within that first list. So your army is tra- marching through hostile territory and, and facing horrible attrition. So that's going to be a fun one. And then King, King Beyond the Wall, the fourth, uh, is going to return in August probably. And last year we had you know growth in our tournaments, we had over 20 people for King Beyond the Wall. We had over 20 people for one-day tournaments, and they're all local guys. So, you know, the lo- the Southern Ontario scene is growing, and I really I'm excited for it. Like we keep getting new players. The it's really there's a really good energy going on here. So that's that's the number one thing I'm looking forward to. I'm really curious to see what the next Mantic Army will be. So I think you know. A lot of the stuff this year, last year, has been really interesting, and I'm I'm just curious to see where they go next. And then a community focused again back to ambush. I'm like really excited to see what the community, how it embraces ambush, and how it, how it progresses within the community. Like where where do we take ambush as as a player base? So I think those are my big three. How about you, Matt? I cheated like you guys have done earlier and did four, and but. And my my first two are both relate to the uh, companion. And so the first one is how the companion is used to do updates. So, you know, I like the fact that probably we will see, you know, the FAQs rolled in immediately. Elliot will just have to do an update and get them in. Potentially they can do tweaks if anything seems too bent. Or we might see, you know, more actual new releases that don't have to be timed to end of year and you can see additions to armies with them now that they've got control over that with the companion app. So I look I look forward to seeing what they do with that. 
I look forward to, I've harped on it already, the TO software being better. I'm looking forward to Clash of Kings Australia, which is right at the start of the year. We're up to 58 sign-ups, and we've got an episode coming out about that soon. And I'm pretty sure I posted the picture to you guys about uh, Ronnie spilling on the ambush sets in the Kings of War Australia group. Did I did I do that? So I'm really looking forward to those. So Ronnie spilled that there are going to be six armies, so Ogres, Goblins, Abyss, Halflings, Empire of Dust, and Ratkin. And what he also said, that they'll basically be around three units all hard plastic. Um, so the three units will be roughly 500 points-ish, all from existing sprues but only the newer armies without the round bases, and they're going to come with movement trays, not 20, 20 mil bases. And strap yourselves in, guys. Reportedly, there will be build instructions. What? Knock me over. Oh, my God. Yeah, given this is audio, no one just saw Rob's jaw physically drop to the floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. unbelievable. (laughs) What about yourself, Rob? What are you looking forward to? One is just like what you said, how the Mantic companion evolves you know specifically you know is it going to become that living rule book where it's going we're going to get timely updates right could it also maybe give me the faqs when they come out maybe <laughs> so i don't have to like go to the laborious pro- process of going to the magic website and buying them i'm air quoting there you know so i just in general i'm looking forward to seeing that grow and really become part of our community one thing that is a concern though is you know you said something earlier if they get into this thing where they're using it for 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 non-traditionally timed updates what i don't want to do is don't change the business model don't change the way kings of war is delivered traditionally delivered to the community in the sense that i don't want changes every week right like traditionally we get one big clash of kings update right if that goes to like twice a year or maybe even three times a year if it's the same amount of changes but they're just broken up over that's fine but what i don't want is our gw's mo where you're getting new stuff all the time. I don't want the churn. That's what I love about Kings of War is the fact that it is so, path is so deterministic and you can kind of like set your watches by it. That's my first one. The rest are all related to events. I am pumped about Adepticon and the Omaha Masters. We did some ad event recording like at King of Monsters and even Seattle. For Seattle Masters, like the equipment we could bring was very sparse because we we're flying. So I got to put it on an airplane. We're driving to Adepticon. We're driving to Omaha. So here's the good thing. That big ass, <laughs> big pile of plastic crates with the with the mics and the all coming. And I've already confirmed with Pat, we're rolling Adepticon. We're going to have a little setup there. We're going to be there for Mantic Night. That's the kind of stuff that gets you fired up because when you're at those events, you get access to people you don't see. It is a different dynamic when you record live. You know, obviously we're releasing it after the fact, but it's different when you're all around a table talking about a topic it's a different it's a different atmosphere than when you're on a zoom call for example super pumped about that do you know what i'm looking forward more to about masters is hearing people say omaha omaha more just like you did then rob omaha 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 Omaha. yeah (laughs) then the last thing i want to mention is kings of memphis 3 revenge of the bard i don't have to drive people come to me it's my party (laughs) you can come and we'll have a good time. And if you get smashed, you can cry if you want to. Well, that's the other thing I should mention about Kings of Memphis I really enjoy is that we have a wide swath of players ranging from the hardcorest of the hardcore, Sons of Vulcan, the Jeff O'Neills and the Nathan Clevengers, to more casual players that are, you know, just that they're in it for the narrative experience, right? And 
it's cool. We could all be in the same room and we all can have a great time. Looking forward to that. Okay. And so now let, let's have a listen to what you as the community are looking forward to most in 2023. Dave said he's looking forward to the Twilight Kin and the Dwarves for Northern Alliance. And also, what's Mantic going to do with STLs? Brian said hoping for new Rebel goodies. John said Twilight Kin. Aramis said playing ambush games. Paul said Clash of Kings. Chase Thompson said the first firefight supplement. Danny said, I'm hitting the pile of shame and looking forward to getting some toys on the table that never see daylight. To hell with list building. It's all about fun. I heartily agree, Danny. Luke said, I've enjoyed traveling for tournaments and I'm hoping to get to two or three interstate ones again next year. And finally, Jeremy said, looking forward to more legendary size games. Thanks to all of your responses. We really appreciate it. All right. Well, that wraps that up. Let's move on to winding up the show for the for the year. Uh, we've got any shout outs or feedback, closing closing thoughts, anything anyone wants to say. I mean, I think the first thing we want to say is don't forget to post your progress for the Mantic Army Challenge in December thread. We've got the amazing stuff to get uh, give away. Please be posting that. As Rob alluded to, we've got the Pizza Jesus shirts still available. So let's let's sell those out. Uh, Rob, have you got a couple? We want you to come join us at these events. Depticon, late March in Chicago. Come on out. If you can make it, we'd love to meet you in person and get some games in. And obviously, the Omaha Masters, it's in the middle of the country. Let's do it up. Let's let's get as many people as we can for either those that make the Invitational, the Masters, or Best of the Rest. The Best of the Rest was an amazing event. And I had never qualified for Masters and no, you know, it's but it was great to be in that room. You know, you, you get to hang out with everyone. There's 120 people playing Kings of War in one room or whatever it was. And it was awesome. You get, and it wasn't just like Northeast guys. Some There's some Midwest guys and Mid-Atlantic guys all came on. It's just a really great energy to be in a room with that many people playing the game you love. And this venue that's hosting this year, there is no cap. This is the largest venue we've ever had. Yeah, I enjoyed the episode you did with the, the lads listening to that about Omaha. Yeah, I think it's uh, it sounds like it's going to be a great time, and and it, and it's not just the player space cap as uh, as you said on the episode, but it means that if there's a trader that's interested in going and selling some stuff that's related to Kings, they're going to put them in there, put them in there with you. So, you know, I, I think it could be uh, obviously sitting on the outside. It sounds like it could be a really banner year for Masters and Kings at, in in Omaha. I'm going to make that a clip, and that's going to go into the counter charge <laughs> clip folder. Oh, Omaha, sure. Nebraska. It's almost like our, when uh, John Folks called it Arkansas. When yeah. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I almost lost my <laughs> when he said that. I was like, what? But what's weird is I, it might be a British thing because I was listening to another podcast. It was a video game one, and they called it Arkansas. Nah, I reckon, they've, I reckon they've just never heard it before. They've probably just never heard the state before, but they've heard Kansas. It's been a banner year, and we just want to thank everybody for taking the time to listen to this and being part of this community. It's been great. We had a lot of great growth um, on the Facebook page, and, and thanks to everybody that's been contributing and engaging there. As a reminder, if you want to help spread the word about our show, posting reviews and inviting other people to listen is the best way to do it. That's how this show grows. Keep promoting for us, please. If you keep bringing it, uh, so will we. So. There's nothing to stop us getting bigger and better. Thank you for being such a great community. Like we've said before, this is you you are the ones we make this for. Keep up the good work and we will too. Thanks for listening and happy holidays. That's going to do us for 2022. We look forward to seeing uh, you and I'll hopefully be seeing more of you in 2023. And remember, keep countercharging. Thanks for listening.
listening, and we'll see you next time on Countercharge. Please let us know what you thought of the show by emailing us at counterchargepodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter at countercharge15, or by commenting on the Countercharge Kings of War podcast Facebook group. If you enjoy the show, you can help others find out about it by leaving positive reviews on iTunes. Until next time, keep countercharging. Music is a composition of Kevin McLeod and is licensed under Creative Commons. Also, don't forget that there's still available the awesome Pope of Pisa. We would love to get these events to have larger numbers, make it uh, make it just e- even that event even much more even better. Uh, move on, Matt. <laughs> Bunch of old dudes just hanging around a pickle jar. Pickle jar. What the? F- that I'll was, start this over. That was January. Well, next up, we just uh, so we just shared our favorite episodes of the year. Next up, let's share what you guys. Oh my God. I was going to share, share what you guys shared. I'm like, the f- man, that's not even good English. Ugh. All right. Well, we shared what, well, we, uh, Matt, say something about that. We're going to share your favorite episodes from 2022 as expressed on, on the Facebook page. Wow. But, 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 you, but, but wait, <laughs> just try to, just try to move on as quickly as possible there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, yeah I don't, 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 don't want to give Rob a chance to poke as quickly yeah. as I can. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> what are hobby commitments? So, uh, now, what's interesting is, well, it's not interesting. I- You're on mute. <laughs> <laughs> Start talking with my hands. I just saw his hands. On I, I, was in an, I was in another tab, and I'm like, has my screen frozen? Came back and... <laughs> no, just, I'm trapped. Um <laughs> Alex, you guys had a smashing time at Best of the Rest when it first was. <clears throat> well, what do you guys want to take us out? Well, uh, I reckon that Alex should sign us out, and it can be the. Uh, ah, his, it can be yeah. his signing into twenty twenty three with his yeah, new show. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's this is Alex Goose from Canada signing out for twenty twenty two, and looking forward to a brighter twenty. Yeah, oh, that's a good, good point. <laughs> yeah, and here's one final clip for Florence. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs>